Are y'all ready for God's word today? Come on, people's church. I want you to open your Bibles to Mark chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 6. I'm going to read and I'm going to jump right in. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, several days later, the news spread that he was back home soon. The house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four world changers, four people, four I'll say sons and daughters. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. In key scripture in verse 5, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. I want to jump down to verse 10 and then I'll give you the title. We'll pray and we'll jump right in. And I love the end of this because it it shows the potential of this passage of Scripture or the potential of this man who was on a mat or the purpose of this man who was on a mat. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. People's church today, for our our time together, I want to preach to you with a title, with the idea is this, Miracle in Motion. Come on, look at the person next to you on one side of you and say, Miracle in Motion. Look at the person on the other side of you and say, you need a breath mint. No, no, I'm joking. Tell a miracle in motion. Father, I pray, God, that you do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask, think, or dream of. In Jesus' name, and everybody said a good amen. Have you ever been in a place where you needed a miracle? Have you ever been in a place where you, you, you found yourself between a prayer and a promise? You know, you know, what I have come to discover in my life is that many of us we carry these desires for miracles inside the church every single week. And we're like, man, God, I need you to move. And we look at miracles as if they're this big one-time occurrence that have to happen in the context of a revival service. We look at miracles and maybe we even read the Old Testament and we see like, you know, water is being parted and blinded eyes seeing and, 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 and water turning to wine and, and we see all these things happen and we read the Bible as if it's fiction, not as if it's a part of our future. And I want you to know that miracles belong to you. You deserve miracles. God wants you to receive Miracles. I'm going to need y'all to talk back to me. Y'all, 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 it's a little quiet this morning. Like, you are conditioned for a miracle. In fact, you are a miracle in motion. You don't want to tell you what a miracle is to me, DoorDash? (laughs) DoorDash is like a miracle. What it does is it, it isn't, it employs people who don't work at the source of the, or the restaurant of what I'm ordering from, and they actually leave whatever they're doing because I don't want to leave the house. <laughs> and they deliver the food to my house. Says, Come on, it's the same thing like with, 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 with Postmates or, or Grubhub or, or, or Uber Eats. I love the idea that there's somebody else in motion that's trying to bring me my meal? Could it be in the body of Christ that God wants us to get in motion to bring somebody else their miracle? Could it be that it's not just about their miracle, 
But also as you are bringing them their miracle, God is working on your miracle. Come on, somebody. And so what I was doing as I was homesick uh, uh, this past week and, 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 I, and I decided like, I, I wasn't getting my food fast enough. And I know, God, I'm a, like, we are all impatient and, 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 and all that. And, and there's an app now that we can go on. I just wanted to track where my miracle was in the process. Come on, somebody. Where was my chicken sandwich in the process? And as I look through the process of, of DoorDash, I, 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 I can literally parallel it with the kingdom process. You see, with DoorDash, you place the order. You place the order from the place that you know is going to satisfy you. And then the order gets confirmed. And the order is like, yep, working on it. And then on the app, when I looked at where it was in process, it said, your order is now being processed, which means it's being made. Right? And then as it's being made, they're looking for a dasher. I love when I looked on and it says, looking for a dasher. Well, in other words, I'm looking for somebody to pick this up from the church house. Come on, somebody. And bring it to your house. I'm looking for somebody who will use their testimony. Come on, somebody. To help somebody else in loss. To help somebody else in despair. To help somebody else discouraged. And what I love about DoorDash is you don't have to be a professional. You just have to have a purpose that's bigger than your own. You don't have to have a fancy car. Come on, somebody. You don't have to have a mentality that, 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 that you know enough prayers and you've been in church long enough. I love the fact that God will use anybody to reach anybody. In fact, let me say it this way, people's church. God doesn't use you because of you. God uses you in spite of you. Is anybody glad, come on somebody, that you might not have the resume for God to use you? You might not have the pedigree for God to use you? You might not have the history for God to use you? Oh, it is God. God is not looking for your opinion. God is looking for your obedience. And then it says picked up. I love that. On the app. In other words, after it says picked up, I love seeing my meal in motion. Something happens to me when I see my meal in motion. I'm wondering where it stopped. Come on, somebody. I'm wondering where it is right now. I'm wondering where I am on the priority list. And sometimes it pauses, but it's not pauses. It's not pausing as if it doesn't want to come to me. It's dropping some other meal off to somebody on the way. Could it be that God is already in the process of working on your miracle? He's not late. He's just dropping it off. Come on, somebody. To somebody else on the way. He's healing somebody else on the way. This is exactly what happened when the woman with the issue of blood who was stuck in her house for 12 years. You see, Jarius, the temple worker, ordered DoorDash. Come on, somebody. And he said, my daughter is sick and my daughter is about to die. And he gets Jesus to come into proximity. And while Jesus is on his way to Jarius' house, Jesus, come on, somebody draws a woman with an issue of blood out of her house for 12 years and he's not late he's not gonna be come on somebody he has not forgotten about Jarius he's just dropping off 
He don't just come with one miracle. Come on, somebody. He has a whole lot of miracles. The miracle is in motion. And when we look at this passage of Scripture, we can see, or maybe we should guess, that in this house in Capernaum, that there's a house, there's a restaurant, there's a house where healing is happening. There's a house where joy is happening. There's a house where purpose is being released. There's a house where freedom is happening. Some theologians say that this is Peter's house. Ironic to me that God would use Peter's house Although Peter would be the one to deny Jesus, although Peter would be the one to walk on water and sometime have some timey faith. Come on, somebody. Although Peter would be called Satan when Jesus would say, get behind me, Satan. I love the fact that Jesus uses Peter's house. Come on, somebody to bring a miracle in motion to a paralytic guy who was not in motion. It encourages me that God will use me. It encourages me that God is not a respecter of who he uses. It encourages me that God will use you to reach your coworkers. It encourages me that God wants to bring forgiveness to your community so he'll have you betrayed. Come on, somebody. And then you don't get to sign up if you're going to be a door dasher for Jesus or not. Peter's house. Now, when we look at this house in Capernaum, it's important for us to understand where Capernaum is. Capernaum is like the launching place of Jesus' ministry. Capernaum is like the place of evangelism. It is like the place of the disciples following Jesus as Jesus went to them and said, follow me, for I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. Get in motion. Get up behind me. Capernaum was the place of launching. Capernaum was the place of fishing for men. Capernaum was the place of evangelism. So this story is not just a story at Peter's house. This is telling me the potential of God's house. Are y'all hearing me? Some of y'all are like, okay, so what? What also tells me the potential of your house. Capernaum is a representation of the kingdom in motion. Now, if you look at this passage of Scripture, how many of y'all have heard this passage before about the man on the mat? Any of y'all? Paralyzed guy on the mat, like four of y'all. Did y'all put deodorant on? You can, you can do this. Like, you can go all the way up. Like, like, it's good. It's good. Well, I saw some stuff when I was on the plane about this passage of scripture. Can I share it with you? There were more people that were paralyzed in this story than the guy on the mat. You see, the miracle was in motion by the four friends who were in motion. But the Bible says that this house was so packed with church people that there was no more room for paralyzed people. Uh-oh, a little convicting, right? This house was so packed that the invite culture was no longer the invite culture because everybody who was around Jesus 
was comfortable with being around Jesus and having proximity with Jesus, but only four people were actually in motion. In other words, this house was packed, paralyzed people. People paralyzed from living out the Great Commission. People paralyzed from being the tangible hands and feet of Jesus. People paralyzed with a house that's packed with us, but not a house that makes room for them. Can I encourage you that we have to be careful not to be like the paralyzed people in this story that are comfortable with being around Jesus with their own problems and focused on their own problems, that they forget about the paralyzed people that they passed on the way to get to the house to Jesus. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying right now. How many people passed them? Look at that paralyzed guy. Look at that guy. Oh, woe is he. How many people do we pass at work? How many people do we pass in our city? How many people do we pass so that we can get in proximity of Jesus? And what happens then is Jesus causes the house to be full, but the house ain't full of Jesus. Y'all, they have in church. It's packed. They know all the words to the songs. They're singing, he made a way. Somebody ought to testify. But outside is the potential of what the house could be if people who needed a miracle actually sold a miracle to someone who also needed a miracle. Now, I forgot to say this the first service, but it is important for you to know what this house is packed with. If you read many or the majority of the miracles that Jesus had done up until this point, you will see that crowds followed Jesus. The crowds that followed Jesus were sick and diseased. Are y'all with me? Uh, matter of fact, let me read this uh, in Matthew chapter 4. If you can jump there, uh, team on the screen. Matthew chapter 4, 24 and 25. From there, talking about Jesus, he went all over Galilee. He used synagogues for meeting places and taught people the truth of God. Watch this now. God's kingdom was his theme. That beginning right now, they were under God's government, a good government. He also helped people of their diseases and of the bad effects of their bad lives. This is the message version. Word got out around the entire province of Syria. People brought anybody with sickness, whether mental, emotional, or physical. Jesus healed them one and all. More and more people came. Watch this now. The momentum gathering. Now, if we're going to be a miracle or a miracle in motion, I want to give you some attributes of how we can live this out based off of this passage of Scripture. Glad you asked. Number one, a miracle <laughs> creates kingdom momentum that cannot be contained. Miracles create kingdom momentum that cannot be contained. Now, why did I tell you it who was following Jesus? Because if you don't understand who was following Jesus, you won't understand who went and got the paralyzed guy. 
The paralyzed guy was not helped by someone who was healed. The paralyzed guy was not helped by someone who had it all together. The paralyzed guy was helped by someone who needed help themselves. Someone who was sick themselves. Someone who was in disease themselves. Someone who was standing with a prayer and a promise themselves. But they understood. Only four people understood the momentum of the kingdom. Only four people understood that I'm blessed to be a blessing. That I'm healed to healed. That I'm God shows me something because he wants me to go somewhere. Four people understood that they overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. I have come to understand that if I am paralyzed in faith, I might to need I might need to go help somebody paralyzed with their feet. Oh, I feel like preaching. In other words, the thing that you need from God, you might need to help somebody else. And in helping somebody else, that will bring you into proximity with the healer rather than just waiting in line for your turn. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying right now. Now, if Jesus was here right now, I'm not him, I promise. I speed in traffic. I'm not him. And you were here, and those who were on the first five rows got here first. You would have proximity to Jesus that the last five rows don't have. Are y'all with me? Now, if Jesus gave an altar call and says, I'm going to heal you, you would get healed first. The ones in the back would have to wait for their turn. They would not really understand the motion of the miracle. Are y'all with me? So what these four guys did, they arrived last, but they got to Jesus first. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. How did that happen? They arrived last, but they got to Jesus first because they put somebody else's needs first and put their needs last. Oh, I feel like preaching. If you need a miracle, make one. Oh, if you need forgiveness, forgive somebody. If you need to be healed, lay hands on somebody. If you need a promise from God, be a promise to somebody else. Reflect what you are waiting for, and you will see a miracle in motion. It's crazy to me that you would think that because this house was full, that everybody was full of Jesus. Just because Jesus makes the house full doesn't mean all the hearts are full of Jesus. Oh, my God. I could stop right there because that just blew my mind. This is kingdom momentum. This is why scripture says that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. This is the great commission. This is why you need compassion for people that you can't stand. This is why God will put you on a job that you don't like. This is why God will give you your dream house next to a neighbor who is not living a dream, who don't like you, because God wants you to start sowing where you're going. God wants you to start being the gospel and using as few words as necessary. Kingdom moment. Kingdom, 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 kingdom. 
kingdom momentum cannot be contained. Somebody say make more room. We can't run out of room for paralyzed people. Because if we do, we're paralyzed ourselves. We need more campuses. We got to grow bigger. Because the city is paralyzed. Waiting for you to take your relationship and proximity with Jesus outside of this house and take it to those who have not yet experienced family in the house of God. Number two attributes, miracles happen when the healer finds a helper. Miracles happen when a healer finds a helper. I love the other day when I was waiting for DoorDash, they were looking for a dasher, looking for someone to pick up my meal that I needed and bring it to me. Are y'all with me? I'm so glad that Moses, as a child, was sent down the Nile to pick up, come on somebody, deliverance for an entire nation of Israel that would be in bondage for hundreds of years. He says, sign me up. I'm so glad that God put him in motion. I'm so glad that God put David in motion as a child who was neglected and, and God sent Samuel, the prophet, to anoint David as a to put an anointing of a king as a kid that no, Goliath did not have no idea that God had a miracle in motion for the people and Israel before David was even formed in his womb. You are a miracle in motion. God is not looking for your opinion. He's looking for your obedience. Some of y'all are like, uh-uh. No, he ain't. God can't use me. Until the other day, I, when I was home, I, this, the dasher came to my house, and I said, you know, I'm going to go and meet this girl. I, I thought it was a lady. I think her name was supposed to be Emily. I looked at the picture, and a dude showed up. I was like, yo, you're not Emily. <laughs> I've been texting with Emily. He goes, actually, it's my wife, and, and she got sick, and they began to tell me this story, and he was driving this, like, old, beat-up car, and and I just had compassion, so I went back on the app, and I just tipped them even more than I paid for my groceries. But I saw something. I saw the kind of dashers that DoorDash uses. And I started thinking about what do the kingdom dashers look like? Because we think we got to have it all together. We think we got to know the church language. We think we got to learn how to, you know, know deep prayers. And we think we got to speak King James. But can I tell you that if you woke up this morning, you, God wants to use you to deliver healing to somebody else. God wants to use you to deliver joy to somebody else. Can I tell you that the healer is looking for a helper? The healer is looking for a helper to deliver. That's what he did with the woman at the well in John chapter 4. This woman was was a Samaritan woman. She was ostracized by her own people, but Jesus was looking for a Samaritan who would deliver the Samaritans. Come on, somebody. And he went to a woman who was sinful, and he signed her up to be a kingdom dasher, and he put her in motion, and she began to share her story.
story. Do you know in the Old Testament that God used a prostitute called Rahab, come on somebody, as a kingdom dasher to preserve the lineage of Israel? God will use you right where you are. You don't have to dot all the I's. You don't have to cross all the T's. You don't have to be perfect. You just got to show up. I'm preaching a little bit harder right now than y'all even. y'all. Some of y'all sitting there like this. Y'all know this is a participation thing. Y'all going to sweat too, shoot. The healer is always looking for a helper. What I've discovered is no motion, no miracles. Could it be that God has prepared the healing? He's prepared the joy. He's prepared the deliverance. He's prepared to bring your marriage back together. He's prepared the family. He's prepared. Come on, somebody. Ain't nothing like when a good meal is prepared. Come on, you start smelling it. My God, that gumbo smell good. It's my favorite, so I'm going to use gumbo. And he's prepared all this for your family. But you won't forgive him. Because at the end of all of this, at the end of my, my DoorDash the other day, as I was hungry and I got me some chicken, it was good. I got me a chicken sandwich. You know what I did is I rated it. I rated where it came from based off of who brought it to me. <laughs> That's a Robert Madu right there. Some people, they have resisted God. They have resisted his church. They have resisted the house of God and the possibilities of miracles. You know why? Not because there's any deficiency in God. Because there's an attitude in who delivered it. Uh-huh. Some of y'all are like, ouch. Me too. Me too. I feel it too. There's some people that I've judged. There's some people that I need to forgive. There's some people. I remember when my wife was struggling with addiction, and I, I was like, you need to give your life to Jesus. You need, and I was judging her just because she sinned differently than me, and I was shaming her, and I was telling her, you need to give your life to God, not realizing that she was rating God based off of how I delivered grace to her. She needed a miracle. I didn't know it was in my mouth. She needed a miracle. I didn't know it was in my heart. She needed a miracle. I didn't know. You know what? I needed a miracle too. The healer is looking for helper number three. Miracles will require you to raise the roof. I want to preach this different than I preached at the last service. Miracles will require you to take the limit off of what you've said is impossible. God, it's impossible for me to forgive them. It's impossible for me to, to, for you to use me. It's impossible for them. I used to speak that over my child, my son. God, this little joker gonna send me to hell. Because I get very, very ungodly. Come on, somebody, when he stay out late. Is any parents, y'all know what I'm talking about? Just like, you, you, you bringing me outside of myself right now. Now me and my wife fighting over you, little joker. And I used to say, man, he's always going to be that way. And over the last six months, this little joker has experienced a revival 
like I've never seen it before. He called me this morning and said, Dad, I know you've been sick. Can I pray over you? And he prayed over me and began to speak in tongues over me. And I'm like, who is this? You know what happened? Because I reversed my words. Come on, somebody, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks what you say is what you get. And you need to take the limit. Let me tell you something. How you get the person that you have deemed impossible, that they're going to be like that and paralyzed like that their entire lives, is you rip the roof off of your limits. Start speaking those things that be not as if they already were. I'm going to tell you something me and Irene did to rip the roof off of what God wanted to do in our house. So my wife came back from rehab. This November 12th, she's going to celebrate 12 years of sobriety. And she got a new Gucci bag on the way. Come on, somebody. Don't you judge me. I'll spoil her to death. I'll buy her the world. Because watching her fight through that has been life-changing for me. And God used me to bring her close to him so that also I could move from the back to the front. Are y'all hearing me? Remember, these four guys that went out, they needed proximity too. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. If you need a miracle from God, stand on your feet. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. So watch this now. They rip the roof off. They take the limits off. They lower the guy right down in front of Jesus, skip the line, and there they are. Boom! There's room for them too. And watch this, number four, and I'm out of your way. Miracles are proof that God can turn pain into purpose. Watch this now. Mark 2, 5, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my son, your sins are forgiven. Look at that. Seeing whose faith? It should say seeing his faith. It don't say that. It says seeing the faith of four guys who put their own needs to the side to pick up a guy on his mat. Jesus looks at the guy on the mat and says, homie, it's all good. Come on, somebody. And can you imagine the guy's like, look what the Lord has done. Now, if I was that guy, I wouldn't want to see that mat again. But Jesus says miracles are proof that I can turn your greatest pain into your greatest purpose if you'll pick it up and take it with you outside of this house. And he says this, I can't see. Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your ministry, and go change the city and help other miracles get in motion. Somebody repeat after me. Say, it's not for me. He wants to do it through me. It doesn't stop with me. It continues with me. Father, I pray right now that you bless every person in this house. God, that they would be a door dasher. God, that they would 
create the best ratings ever for your grace through how they serve other people, through how they minister to other people. In Jesus' name, release us. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Come on, give thanks to the Lord for Pastor Jimmy today. Church family, I'm going to ask you if you would just take a moment, every head bowed, every eye closed in this place today. You know, 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to do something to forgive us of our sins, something we couldn't do for ourselves, just like that man on the mat. And his friends ripped through a roof to get him to Jesus. Jesus came 2,000 years ago, ripped through heaven, came to earth to die for you and I in our sin. Maybe you're here today and you're far away from God. Maybe you drifted and maybe you were once close to God, but you've drifted far away. I want you to know God loves you today. He loves you today. He wants to wipe away your sins. He wants to make you a new person, a new creation, the Bible says. And so if you're here today and you say, you know what, I need to say yes to Jesus. I need to invite Jesus into my life to wash away my sins, to be the Lord of my life. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And if that's you here today, you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life. You want to say yes to God and no to the devil. You want to have your sins forgiven. We know that you've been given a brand new lease on life. If that's you here today, would you lift your hands when I count to three? One, two, three. You say that's me all over this room. Come on. If that's you here today, you need Jesus. I need Jesus to forgive me. I need him to wash me. Thank you. I see all those hands. Thank you so much. I see your hands. I see your hands. If you have your hand raised, I want to lead you in a simple prayer to make Jesus the Lord of your life. He's going to forgive your sins. He's going to make you a new person today. Would you just repeat this after me? Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you right now on this day. I realize that I am a sinner. And I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins, to take my place. Today I give you my life, God. Use it for your glory. I will live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.